Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We're reading Matthew 5, verse 6. It's in the middle of the Beatitudes. Jesus says, Blessed are those hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, for my grammar nerds out there, you know that the word hunger and thirst are in the participle form. Participles are verbs that are operating as adjectives. So when Jesus says, blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting, we could also translate this, blessed are the hungering ones. Blessed are the thirsting ones. For what? For righteousness. For they will be filled. Blessed are those who are living a life fully embodying an insatiable desire for righteousness. Now, righteousness is another word that we probably need to redefine. Um, as it's evolved over time, it's it's become to mean more um, regards to moral purity. So when we talk about someone's righteousness, we talk about their morality. Um, or we think about their self-righteousness in a lot of ways. So not only is it morality, but it's almost this stuck-upness, this, this sense of um, judgment on others who don't live a righteous life. But in the biblical context, that's, that's way too narrow. That's not exactly what Jesus means. He's not excluding our individual lives. Yes, there should be a certain element of... of um, of adherence to the way God has created humans to live, but it's much broader than that. I heard one uh, professor in seminary say, if you want to really understand the definition of righteousness, you need to drop the middle part of the word. So drop that E-O-U-S and translate righteousness to rightness. So blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for rightness, for the world to be as it should be for rightness, for individuals to be at peace with themselves, for systems to not be stacked against some people and lenient toward others, for, for a place where no one fears anyone, where no one lacks anything. Blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for that type of world. Why? For they will be filled. Cortadzo is the Greek word used. And it doesn't just mean to be satiated, as in, you know, you have, you know, one course and you're like, mm, I'm good, I'm content. No, it actually means to be gorged, to be supplied food in abundance. And interestingly, it's used uh, to describe how farmers fatten up their animals before they slaughter them. So when Jesus says, the hungers and thirsters for all to be right, they are blessed in that state of being. For in that hungering, they are actually being fattened up and supplied in abundance. And hauntingly, I would even say that 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 idea of being fattened for the slaughter is more prophetic than we realize. When I think about examples of those who embody this beatitude, Dr. King immediately comes to mind. Dr. King and the movement he represented was one who hungered. He was a hungerer and a thirster for righteousness, for rightness. Was he filled? Was he fattened? Oh yeah, he was fattened for the slaughter indeed. In his very last sermon, 
given in Memphis, Tennessee, right before he was assassinated. At the very end of the sermon, this is how he prophetically ends his message. He says, I left Atlanta this morning, and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we're sorry for the delay, but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all the bags were checked and to be sure that nothing would be wrong with on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully. We've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis, and some began to say the threats or talk about the threats that were out. What would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just wanna do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, we will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Just a, a chapter previous, when Jesus is being tempted by Satan, Satan tells him to turn stones into bread, and Jesus' response to Satan is that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. And we see a similar response right here by Dr. King. This is a man who says, we're not there yet. We haven't reached that state of rightness yet. We've got some difficult days ahead. We're still the hungering ones. We're still the thirsting ones for equality, for freedom, for a world or a country that isn't full of bigotry, that isn't full of hatred, that isn't full of fear. But in the pursuit, in the pursuit, in this hungering and thirsting he was given a vision by God. He was allowed to see the rightness that is coming. He was allowed to look over the mountaintop and to see the promised land. And it filled him. It swelled him. It satisfied him. And so he writes, I may not get there with you, but we will get there. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. Even in my hungering and my thirsting saying, we're not there yet. I'm happy tonight. I'm not fearing any man. For mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And to be so filled, to be so fattened by this vision of God's goodness to come, is to be fattened for the slaughter. If Jesus is our example, if Dr. King is our example, then that's what happens to those so cortazo, so fattened with this vision even in their hungering and their thirsting, they're so fattened with this vision of the promised land to come. The world can't tolerate it. But it's all right, they say. I want you to know that we as a people will get there. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Lord, would you, would you continue to give us courage to be the hungering ones and the thirsting ones 
for a world that is right, for that form of righteousness, for a world that's free of fear and free of bitterness and free of judgment, for a world that's free of our own sense of selfishness, for that rightness, for a world that's just and that's equal and where everyone's taken care of and no one lacks anything, overflowing and overwhelmed by your love for that world, would you continue to fill us even in their hungering and thirsting for it? Would you continue to fill us, to, to gorge us with a vision of that promised land so that we can say too that we're not afraid of anyone, that we still have some difficult days ahead, but we're not afraid for our eyes have seen the glory of your coming and it can't be stopped. And so we're celebrating that and we're living into that vision every day, even as we hunger and thirst for it to be fully realized for all eternity. We love you, Jesus. Fill our hearts with that vision of the promised land. It's in your name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.